Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. It is a difficult day for cryptocurrency. BTC price is crashing, and there is a new victim on the list of FTX fallout bankruptcies. That is right, there has been a big new reveal about a certain crypto that might crash in light of everything that's gone on with FTX. In today's call, we are going to do a roundup of everything that is going on right now with the ever-changing FTX situation, and I'm going to give you early warning about this crypto that is in big, big trouble and what it could mean for you as a crypto investor. With so much to cover, it's important that we jump straight in, so let's go for it. So BTC is not doing well at all today. We can see we are currently trading below that 16K level, around about 15.7K dollars currently, down about 2% on the 24 hours, 7% on the 7 day. A lot of this is due to that uh, crypto that could be going down that we are going to talk about later on in this call. Ethereum in relative terms is down around about the same, 3% down on the 24 hour, but disproportionately down on the seven day and trading currently just above the 1K level. As we discussed at some length yesterday in yesterday's call, Ethereum has been facing sell pressure from actually the FTX hacker who has been taking some of those funds and selling Ethereum. Despite the pretty brutal action on BTC and ETH, we can see that there are some altcoin pumps. Chainlink up about 4% on the 24 hour. XRP up about 2.5% on the 24 hour. As the Ripple SEC court case continues, there's been a lot of victories and then uh, failures, I suppose. And as that story continues, we've been seeing some of the wins and losses being reflected in the XRP price. Now the losers looks like we've got some double digit losers at the top, NEM down about 11%, Chili's 10%, Algo about 8%. As again we mentioned on yesterday's call, Chili's is a sports associated token, probably saw a big rally in the run up to the World Cup in Qatar, of course the World Cup has started, probably seeing a bit of a correction now. So we are absolutely going to talk about the crypto that is looking like it is going to be the next victim of FTX's bloody crusade. But before we do that, I'm going to do what I've been doing all of this week and giving you the latest updates and happenings of the FTX drama and collapse. These are dangerous markets at the moment and knowledge really is power. We have to be absolutely aware of everything that's going on so we can best prepare. So after the collapse of FTX, the second largest centralized exchange, a hacker stole around $477 million worth of cryptocurrency from what was left of the rubble. The hacker has now been spotted moving their fraudulent funds. The hack occurred on the 11th of November, the same day that FTX filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. On the 20th of November, the attacker transferred 50,000 ETH to separate wallets and converted it to Bitcoin using separate REN BTC bridges. According to ETH the scan, the attacker transferred 180,000 ETH across 12 freshly established wallets between 4.11 and 4.17 UTC on November 21st. Each wallet received 15,000 ETH, which at current pricing totals around about $200 million. Some in the crypto world believe that the hacker may be preparing to peel chain the stolen funds, 
or divide it up into smaller and smaller portions to mislead investigators. It is likely that the hacker is also preparing to employ a mixing service similar to the infamous Tornado Cash at some point to hide their stolen funds. On Sunday, the 20th of November, FTX's official Twitter urged cryptocurrency exchanges to keep an eye out for the stolen funds. Before ending, exchanges should take all measures to secure these funds to be returned to the bankruptcy estate. As a result of the bankruptcy, FTX owes its largest creditors around $3.1 billion, according to recent court filings. In other words, these stolen funds account for about 15% of what FTX owes its biggest clients alone. Now, some people believe that the hack and the funds has more than meets the eye, even suggesting that this is some sort of insider behavior activity conducted by FTX. Only time will tell, and things have a good habit of being exposed in the cryptocurrency markets. Oftentimes, opponents try to say that the cryptocurrency markets are unsafe or unethical or promote illegal activity. Little do they know, however, that the blockchain markets are one of the easiest to track, with pretty much all activity being able to be tracked using blockchain data. The plot thickens as well, given the fact that it's not completely clear to who exactly FTX owes the most money, and therefore which cryptos or companies are most under pressure at the moment. Perhaps unsurprising, therefore, that Joe Biden is calling for critical, game-changing, global Bitcoin and crypto rules after the shock FTX collapse. A lot of people were anticipating a stronger push for regulation in light of what has happened to FTX, you know, due to the poor balance sheet and reserve management of FTX, of course, how large institutions manage their liquidity and their reserves and their capital at hand for covering liabilities is what regulators usually do. And then the impact that FTX has had on customers who have lost millions or billions, um, of course, another responsibility of the regulator is protecting consumers. So uh, FTX has really failed on two major fronts here and unsurprising to see this call for regulation. But very interesting to see it coming from Joe Biden because, of course, the other thing that has come to light from the FTX situation is the fact that... Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, was the second largest contributor in funding to the Democrats. So, of course, Joe Biden was uh, very happy and smitten when things were going well for FTX and has been under scrutiny since. Uh, some conspiracy-type theories even about this being a sort of orchestrated effort between the Democrats and SBF and further still, some people suggesting that uh, this connection is why the mainstream media has been very light on SBF, not calling him a fraudster, a criminal, someone who's stolen funds, but rather talking about him being a sort of another ambitious bloke that took the wrong turn in life. Very quickly, while we're on the topic of politics, of course, Twitter has reinstated Trump. Elon Musk conducted a vote on whether users wanted Trump back on Twitter or not. And uh, the vote was in Trump's favor, so his account has been reinstated. Tweets from the past day suggest the reactivation process may have been a bumpy one based on the slow reaccumulation of followers to Trump's account. The crypto that is the focus of today's call we're going to talk about in just a second. This is the one that not everyone's really caught onto just yet and is looking like it could be in deep trouble. But we'll also cover another crypto company that is under deep pressure at the moment and exactly what to make of that. This is Grayscale. 
One of the very few positive effects of the recent collapses and contagion has been the industry's migration towards setting an expectation of centralized exchanges providing proof of their reserve holdings. On the surface, this seems like a good idea. In fact, it is a good idea. Why then is the world's largest digital asset manager refusing to play ball? Grayscale posted on Twitter last week that it would not be posting wallet addresses to support its claim that each of its crypto products is fully backed, stating, Due to security concerns, we do not make such on-chain wallet information and confirmation information publicly available through a cryptographic proof of reserve or other advanced cryptographic accounting procedure. As a consolation, Grayscale was gracious enough to share a letter from Coinbase Custody, which attested that each of its products was indeed fully backed. Grayscale anticipated backlash from the crypto community in response to the refusal to publish completely transparent proof of reserves, but added that all of its products were set up as separate legal entities. And laws, regulations, and documents prohibited the digital assets underlying the products from being lent, borrowed, or otherwise encumbered. As one Twitter user pointed out, Bitcoin founder Satoshi Nakamoto's address is well known, yet Satoshi's Bitcoin remains secure. Though at this point no data suggests any reason to disbelieve Grayscale's solvency, the resistance to provide proof of reserves isn't doing anyone much good to calm anxiety. Maybe a month ago, this letter from Coinbase would have been more than enough. Heck, maybe there wouldn't even be a need for Grayscale to provide their proof of reserves. But in this current crypto market, it's really hard to take anything anyone says at face value, even if they are a huge institution like Grayscale. Of course, FTX was a huge institution. We want to see concrete evidence. So I say to you, until we are sure about the situation, it is good to cast a shadow of doubt. So we are ready to hone our focus in now on that crypto that things are not looking very good for and not everyone is talking about yet. I really want you guys to pay attention to this next one and to be aware of it, particularly if you may have exposure to it. Quite possible that a lot of you do. After Genesis came Exodus. It is a story as old as time. Genesis is a giant in the crypto trading and lending business. Initial concerns were raised when they were revealed to be the biggest creditor in the three Arrows Capital liquidation proceedings. However, their parent company, Digital Currency Group, stepped in to take on the claim. But with the fall of FTX and Alameda, those fears are back and bigger. Despite claiming on November 8th no material net credit exposure, they have since backtracked with a series of tweets. Their last tweet came a week ago when they announced they had taken the difficult decision to temporarily suspend receptions and make new loan originations in the lending business. A Bloomberg article yesterday warned of potential bankruptcy if they could not raise $1 billion, but this was swiftly delayed in an emailed statement. Parent company DCG touts themselves as the epicenter of the Bitcoin and blockchain industry on their website. In fact, you can even see as part of their portfolio, the project we just spoke about, Grayscale, along with very many others. And remember, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Many other companies use Genesis to earn yield for their customers, including the Winklevoss brothers as Gemini. And the community is starting to analyze what the domino effect might be. One particular tweet reads, if this is really the end for Genesis, this could be more impactful than FTX. FTX heard liquid funds and consumers. Genesis impacts nearly every company in crypto. 
Other well-known portfolio companies in DCG includes Foundry and Coindesk. And for a crypto collapse that started with a Coindesk article, it's hard to miss the irony that they may also suffer in the aftermath. So Genesis is the current crypto company that we are worried about in the aftermath of the FTX collapse. What does it mean for you as an investor? Nothing is certain yet. We cannot concretely say that, for example, Grayscale and Genesis are definitely going bankrupt and in a complete mess. But if the situation has taught us anything, it's that until pretty much the very end, these companies can be known to suggest that everything is fine, even when it really isn't. Best to assume the worst and prepare accordingly. One thing is for certain for everyone in the cryptocurrency industry right now, and that is that centralized exchanges are not an appropriate place to store your crypto. Do look at self-custody and other solutions. Cheerio. Goodbye, as some people say it in England, out of respect to their performance in the World Cup match yesterday.